0: Don't simply retire from something, have something to retire to. Harry Emerson Fosdick.
1: Welcome to the Simply Retirement Podcast with your host, Eric Blake. This show offers valuable insights and advice on retirement planning, specifically tailored for women. Join us as we explore various challenges that arise during retirement planning and discuss practical ways to overcome them. With years of experience in retirement planning as a financial professional, Eric brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. He is joined by guests who will also offer unique perspectives and insights. Together, they provide practical tips and strategies to help you delegate some of the heavy lifting and make the most of your retirement. Whether you are a widow, divorced, or simply ready to take control of your financial future, This podcast is designed to help you navigate the complexities of retirement planning and make the most of this exciting phase of life. We take a step-by-step approach to help you understand what's next and guide you through the retirement planning journey. So sit back, relax, and let us help you build your retirement on your terms with another episode of the Simply Retirement Podcast with Eric Blake. Welcome
2: to the Simply Retirement Podcast with your host, Eric Blake. I'm Wendy McConnell and that seems to be the trick the secret the thing that keeps everybody
0: going right it does and that you know we talk a lot about you know actually as a financial planner we talk about social security and taxes and all the financial stuff that uh, that goes along with retirement planning which is all very very important but the and I don't know, I don't know if it's the most underrated aspect but it's definitely up there and that's just the emotional aspects of retirement and that change, going from you know, so many people, their existence or their um, who they are is so tied to their what they do, what they've been doing for work and through their career, that that change is it's significant. We you know, we actually had a friend that my wife she taught the same school district for over forty years, just retired, and she is really struggling with some of the things that hopefully we're going to be talking about today.
2: Yeah. I have a neighbor that lives across from me that is like 83 years old. And he says that the worst thing for a retiree is the remote control.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. Gotta keep
2: yourself busy. Okay. so We have a guest today, Eric.
0: We do. Today we're going to be joined by Dr. Karen Midier. Karen is a clinical psychologist and a retirement and aging coach uh, with a career over 45 years herself. Uh, specializing in life, career, retirement, and aging. Uh, She operates primarily from uh, Denver, but extends her services remotely to clients across the US and Canada. Uh, And all that sounds extremely impressive. (laughs) And today, hopefully we're going to find out exactly what all that means for women that are planning their own retirement journey. So Karen, welcome to the Simply Retirement Podcast.
3: Thank you. I love being here.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad that you joined us. I know we had a chance to chat We've uh, over the last couple of months. We've gotten to know each other a little bit through social media, LinkedIn. You've posted some great stuff. I've shared a few of your your posts and your articles. But if you don't mind, just a little bit about your background. Obviously, 45 years is an extremely impressive number. Um, But just a little bit about your background, how you got into what you're doing, and what you're really doing today.
3: Well, it started out actually working with adolescents. So it was not anywhere where I am now. So adolescence and underachievement as a psychologist and also with a background in career counseling. So that's where I started. And then as I try to encourage my clients is we can recreate our lives over our lives multiple times. So I ended up going back to school, getting a doctorate in clinical psychology. And it was at that point that I ended up looking at more systems, and other kinds of things and did a practice where it was mostly mental health until 2001 when I decided to get a coaching credential. And at that point, it just changed my life because it was more forward-looking and planning rather than just dealing with mental health issues. I continued my mental health practice I was director of hospital services, so I saw things when things got really bad, but I really wanted to focus on helping people recreate their life as they got older, and that actually ended up happening after I retired. I actually retired in my late 50s and took three years off, learned something totally different and new that had nothing to do with psychotherapy or coaching. And at that point, decided that I needed, I missed the social interaction with people and the interaction and really helping people look at preparing for the next chapter of their life. And so I did on-the-job training in nursing homes, assisted livings, I supervised other clinicians in the field of aging. And at that point, which was 12 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot written about mental health and aging. It's become much more popular today. But the reality is, as a coach who is a psychologist who specializes in aging and retirement, there aren't a whole lot of people out there who do that. There's a lot of retirement coaches but my mental health background has really made a difference in helping people figuring out how to shift from the life that they've lived and the life that they want to continue to work on and create in their next chapter of life. And it is exciting, fun, and very creative work on both my part and my clients.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, it's funny that I I think part of my fascination with retirement and retirement planning came from my grandparents. You know, that's a, that's part of my story. I always tell the story. You know, my mom was a single mom, but the big part of that story as well is my grandmother, who was widowed when she was sixty-two. But my fascination—I I don't even think I knew what retirement was back then. But they retired. My grandparents retired when they were in their forties, and we would go. I spent my summers with them fishing, and I was like, I, I don't know what this is, but how do you how do you do it? <laughs> And that's one of the things that I saw in her, my grandmother, when my grandfather passed. She was still very active, but there was a point where I think she, so maybe she lost some of that. And I'm not sure what causes that, but I know that that many women have concerns about that social isolation in retirement. So, what advice can you give as far as building and maintaining a strong social support system as you transition into retirement? And of course, those, those, what could be 20, 25, 30 years of retirement?
3: Well, it is, it depends on your community and what's available because I have worked with some people in more rural areas where it's a little bit more challenging and then people who are living in cities. So, I would say that social isolation is probably one of the most huge issues that come to me when people are trying to figure out, you know, how do I connect or reconnect with people? I will tell you that it always is a process. So people need to understand that it takes time. And I encourage people to do things that they feel most comfortable with. So that might include connecting or reconnecting with some sort of church or synagogue Um, because that is oftentimes an easy way to have something that they know. I will ask them, have they tried anything now that we're no longer in a pandemic? Meetups are great ways to begin to meet people if they haven't connected. Also, the other area is um, to work on, do you have any kind of community groups that you can join? I know sometimes uh, older people don't like to go to senior centers because they don't see themselves as a senior. I'm a senior, but I know that the resources that they have and people that are in the senior centers really vary. Um, some of my most early work when I was working at the University of Denver was doing work with seniors, and I could not believe in the senior centers how active these seniors were. I was in my 20s at that point, late 20s, and I they had a hard time fitting me in. So some seniors really do a great job of connecting. And the other part is working on family and looking at, are you, can you reconnect with people that maybe you might've lost touch with in the past, you know, going on to either a social media account or trying to find them on Facebook and see, you know. What are they doing now? I have clients who continue to go back to their sometimes 50 and 60 year reunions to connect with old classmates from high school. So it really is an unlimited quality. The other thing is to do it through education, either online education, if that is a a possibility or something like the OLLI program, which is through universities throughout the United States. There are a lot of programs that are senior specific and very interesting. They're not anything as you have to get a grade for you can have fun with. You can do some of them in person, some of them online. And that is another great way for you to connect with people who have similar interests to you.
0: So Ken, I don't know if you can go a little more in depth. That's one of the things you posted about. I want to say it's about two weeks ago. That was, that was a great post. I really loved it. Talking about education and the importance of education for the senior community, whether that's formal or informal, going back to actually get a degree where there are grades, but there's so many different options. Maybe you can touch a little bit more on some of the things you've seen that retirees have gone into that really seem to make a difference.
3: It is one of those things things that continue to make it most important for people because it can be a class. So it can be just an online education interest area that you have right now because of the pandemic. So much online education has come up. So you can just search for any of the interest areas that you would be Considering, and then you can also listen in YouTube because many of these people have YouTube channels and ways okay. for you to get a chance to understand what they do and how they how they teach. The other thing is the OLLI program, which I just mentioned, and you can actually go back to school in many universities as long as it's not for a degree program. You can take classes. And you can do that for free in many universities. So if there are holes in your education or interest areas that you have, that those are opportunities to go back and do that. Now, there are some people who go back to school in their 50s and 60s and 70s and decide they want to get a degree. I have one client right now who is 60 and she decided that she wants to get a degree in arts. So she is a, a an artist herself, but she wants to go back to school and actually get a degree to, so she can teach. So there are okay. many times that people can go back and they have their own particular purpose to, to do that. And they find a way within a system to be able to get accepted. And many professors love having older students who are there because they want to be there.
0: Right, right. I'm sure that, that can make a big difference when you've got a younger crowd that might be a little more distracted. <laughs> so so speaking of that, talking about social media, and actually it's a good way to potentially reconnect, but what are your thoughts you know, I, I guess you can't leave it there. You can't leave it at just connecting on social media. I, I would think you got to take it to that next step of, again, getting together in some way or you know, the live in-person reconnection would have to play a role in there somewhere, I would think, as far as just that isolation aspect and not not just limiting yourself to social media.
3: Well, I would say that if you are wanting to find ways in your community to connect, sometimes you have things like community newcomers groups. Now, I know it says newcomers, but many of these newcomers groups don't really have a requirement that you be new. You just need to be new to the group. And so they have in two of the areas that I've lived in, they have newcomers groups that range in everything from learning how to garden to book clubs to sometimes their fun social coffee events or dinners those kinds of things that range and volunteer work. So volunteer work and using that community where you are doing things on a consistent basis, that's the easiest way to make friends. I mean, doing something just here and there is harder. The other thing is some of the communities that do like Rotary and Kiwanis and All of those other volunteer organized kinds of situations, those can be wonderful ways to develop community. I had, especially some of my single women in particular, have blossomed in joining those communities because it's just an automatic way to get to know people over time and work in similar projects and interest areas and they're not just working on just themselves they are working on doing something for the community. Well,
0: right. I think that I definitely see many women many people in general get a lot of value out of that you know what I can't remember the exact saying but you know when you when you learn something yourself it's great but when you can teach that something to somebody else that's where a lot of the fulfillment comes from. Correct. And I I think one of the things I'm trying to figure out how I can actually uh, turn pickleball into a a networking event. We started playing pickleball about a couple of months ago, and it's amazing. There's, you know, people that you get to know that, you know, then there are a lot of women who are playing pickleball. So (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm trying to figure out how that's (laughs) going to work. Well,
3: I will tell you that pickleball has been the instigation for couples' relationships as well. So I know a number of men and women have met each other on the pickleball court. And it's natural, it's not online dating, which also people try to do to connect Mm -hmm. and it's fun.
0: But yeah, and I think that's, again, you know, there's an immediately a shared interest in something and then whatever goes from there.
2: May I just interject since you're talking about my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I have literally met hundreds of people playing pickleball it is like the most social thing I've ever done in my entire life so yeah it's very beneficial
3: and it's not just for older adults my kids love playing pickleball and they've gotten mom to now they're in their you know mid-30s but they love to play with me so we we play as a family so it's definitely a multi-generational opportunity which is
0: wonderful Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, so let's, let's kind of transit use that as a transition then in terms of just thinking health and wellness. we had uh, Kim Lee on episode seven, our first episode where we actually had a guest. And she, her personal trainer, and she talked a lot about, you know, how do, would you find a personal trainer? How do you, when you, when you start wanting to focus on your health, that's actually one of the things you want to do is make sure you're exercising. But just from your perspective, whether it's on the, you know, the physical or maybe even more the emotional, what are the things, maybe one or two key insights you would have or recommendations that you would have to to help people continue to improve their health from that aspect?
3: With exercise,
0: exercise or just the emotional as well. It's actually there's the physical and the mental.
3: Well, I, the idea of having a coach is a great option because it depends on you. Some people love to do things on their own and they have the uh, fortitude and the desire to actually work on their health, both their physical and emotional health. And sometimes working with a coach or a trainer is a great idea i think part of the beauty of aging is to know yourself and i know myself which is if i don't have a trainer i don't go so i have to have a trainer to keep me on track and to keep me responsible and i have other clients who have a routine they put it into their day and they are good to go but it's important that for mental and physical health they very much dovetail together because the reality is your physical workouts help not only your body but it helps your your mood and your mental health and also potentially prevents problems down the road and i do so much coaching about both mental health exercise and nutrition which is the other area That's really important. As people get older, many times they don't either know what they're doing or they're just by themselves. So they don't take the time to eat healthy and they forget about getting enough protein. They don't even know what accurate amounts of protein are. And so that really sets them up for potential problems in the health arena. When I work with people, I work with the whole person. I I work with the health aspect. I work with the physical aspect. I work with life purpose, really trying to figure, figure out values, what's most important to you. And we do a whole life search back and forth to be able to help you figure out what areas in your life have holes and need some shoring up so that you can work on them and feel like you're making progress moving forward. And how exciting is it to be able to say, hey, I get to do a do-over now.
0: Right. Well, it was interesting when I was this quote, I I was aware of the quote and I wanted, I thought it would be great to include it in uh, in this episode. But as I was searching for the author, I came across an article in Forbes that it didn't it didn't completely contradict it but what it suggested is that don't wait until you retire don't wait until day one of retirement to start this process start it you know 3 to 5 years you know we, even in, in in my world we always say when you get within that 5 year window of retirement you got to really start putting that plan in place you got to know what it's going to look like what is your income going to look like what's your tax strategy going to look like what is your ideal scenario with social security all those things can change but at least got to have a path to run on So from your perspective, when is the right time or when's the, uh, other than tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what's the best time? When would you recommend uh, women start reaching out to a coach or starting this process of just laying out what is my retirement life going to look like?
3: I believe in your fifties, I think starting to put things in place in your fifties while you're still oftentimes having kids at home, but you're also having the opportunity to influence and teach them that these are things that are important in life. So it really is a time for you to begin to model for your children, if you have them, that planning and life planning is not just financial planning, but it's planning about the kinds of things that you enjoy and searching them and having the opportunity to try new things out so that you know, well, do I like I thought I didn't like reading, but now I realize I really love reading. I just didn't like reading at school. So (laughs) sometimes all of a sudden you realize you have a different perspective. So I started actually the nutritional piece in my 50s and my personal training. So that's when I began to do that piece. And then as I got older and my kids left the nest, then I had a little bit more time to do other things. So, part of it is as you get to different decades, different things become a little bit easier and sometimes more important. So, I, but I would say 50s is a great time to start and understand that it is a lifelong process to recreate yourself and try new things. And sometimes you try things and you realize, oh, I don't like that at all. What was I thinking? But it's important to try it. I still have things on my list of things that I would like to do. And I've actually shared them with clients. Sometimes they you know, check in on me and they say, well, have you done that? Because one of the <laughs> things I want to do is improv. I've, I've ah. never done anything like that, but I have a history. When I was in high school, I loved everything theater. I don't and haven't done anything in theater until unless... The last time was when I was in high school. So that was the last time I actually did theater theater. But I starred in My Fair Lady when I was 16. It still is one of the highlights of my life. (laughs) I have lots of pictures around me that show that piece of me. So that is one of the things that I would love to be able to do down the road. And so you realize we have these nuggets of things in our lives that maybe we didn't. We put away. We didn't try them back then. Maybe it was too scary. But now we have the freedom in aging of really starting to do it without judgment. Who cares if you're (laughs) really that good? You just want to get out on the stage. I remember one time I actually ended up going back and I did water skiing. I hadn't skied since I was a kid. And I just wanted to know I could get up. I didn't need to do like huge things with water skis anymore. I wasn't going to slalom now, but I just needed to know I could. And sometimes having those kinds of experiences in your life, knowing you can, gives you the bravery to try something that you haven't tried in a while, or maybe you never tried at all.
0: Right. Right. Well, a couple of more quick questions. I want to make sure we get your information out there, let our audience know how to reach you if they would uh, would like to do so. What is a typical engagement? Somebody comes to you either you know they're struggling with the with the transition into retirement or they're just maybe they're just wanting to be proactive. What does that kind of general relationship look like? How does it start? What is it what's the time frame? Is it six months, twelve months, lifetime as they engage with you?
3: I work with people with what they're able to give me. Some people have more time than others and i try to have them do some homework so they work with me i give get their life history and then we look at the areas of values and purpose so i give them exercises to do sometimes i have them do a vision board of the things that they might do and the areas of their life that they want to look at we look at the the wheel of life because that always is a great way to look at, you know, where you are compared to where you would like to be. And then we work on monthly topics. I think it can be overwhelming if you try to do everything all at once. So they can decide, you know, which areas are important to them. And then I have exercises for them to do. And we can work on that. I'm also doing a group coaching program that is starting next month. And that is new for me for now. I mean, I used to do group coaching way back, but I haven't done it with retirement coaching. And I have wanted to do it, and I've set that as an intention, and that is getting off the ground.
0: So, Perfect. So yeah, so let, why don't you, let's go ahead and transition into that. How do people, how would people sign up for the group coaching if they would, uh, if they'd like to do so?
3: Karen at coachingagingadults.com is the best way.
0: And then any other social media, anything else that you'd like to share as far as uh, how people can reach you or communicate with you?
3: I'm on LinkedIn and people can reach out to me there. I'm also on Facebook. I know I'm on Pinterest, but I have no idea how you even get in touch with anybody on Pinterest. (laughs) I can't tell you on that, but those are probably the two that would be workable. I'm on Instagram as well. So I have people that help me with the social media, given that I am 71 years old. That is not, you know, my area of expertise, but because I'm reaching out to others, I need to have them find me. And And the uh, social
2: media accounts are under your name or the business name. What is it?
3: They're under, some of them are under com. I have a YouTube channel as well. So you have
2: all, you're just, it's just coming up very slowly.
3: Right,
0: <laughs> well, and I follow. I I know at least follow Facebook and LinkedIn, and I I think I read pretty much everything you put out there. So I think it's it's very helpful content that you put out there. And I think uh, most most people, not just women, but anybody can can really benefit from the the content you put out there. So hopefully, you'll get some more followers as a follow up to this uh, conversation.
3: I hope so. I think it's great. I know that the financial part is the part that people know about and feel that sometimes they feel like they needed to do more of. And I also know that people 50 and above can make the changes in their life and put things in place that they need to to prepare for the future. And not all of my people have financial planners and many of them don't know even how to find them. So it would be really helpful for for them to be able to know, okay, how do we do that too?
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. Please reach out to Karen Midye, if you have questions or would like more information about how she could help you make a successful transition into, and of course, through retirement, Uh, as we always say, retirement is not the end of the road. It's a start of a new journey. Uh, And we'll be sure to share all of Karen's contact information in the show notes as well. Uh, But if you would like to learn more about us and our firm at Blake Wealth Management, go to our website at blakewealthmanagement.com, where you can learn more about myself, our team, access a lot of our free resources. Uh, We have the Simply Retirement newsletter as well, which is kind of a uh, transcribed version of the podcast for people who would rather read than listen. Uh, So feel free to, to hop on that as well. And if you are a woman that is less than five years from retirement and you have questions about how to optimize social security, minimize your lifetime tax liability and invest smarter, click that start here button up in the top right corner of our website. That's where you can learn about our process for helping you make an educated and informed decision about whether we are the right firm to help you navigate your retirement journey.
2: Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Karen. We appreciate you being here. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell.
1: That's it for today's episode of the Simply Retirement Podcast. We hope you found our insights and advice helpful in planning for a fulfilling retirement. Don't forget to take action on what you've learned today. Visit our website at BlakeWealthManagement.com to learn more about our firm and review our Simply Retirement Roadmap process to get you on the right path to the retirement you deserve. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Thank you for joining us on this journey, and we look forward to helping you achieve your retirement goals. Remember, retirement is not the end of the road. It is the start of a new journey. So embrace it and make the most of it. Until next time, take care. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security, or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Blake Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Blake Wealth Management or RFG Advisory, or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor, Blake Wealth Management, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.